this week on It's So Bad. Howard Scott Warshaw debuts on the Endless list as we add Yar's Revenge. Are you familiar with the Howard Scott Warshaw? Uh, he went on to uh, create the... Uh, not only does he have Yara's Revenge to his credit, he forever has E.T. to his credits. <laughs> yeah, he has a whole bunch of games to his credit. It's not just that. He also did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Which was like a big one for the time period. Um, so... Yeah, he was the uh, de- the developer behind this game. There was one because that was the time period. Yars Revenge is the game we're talking about. It came out well, in technically, 1982. Technically, there's two. They did make a sequel, kinda, sorta. Yeah, well, they made a sequel and they made like a Game Boy Color game and an Xbox oh, yeah. Live game. That was, I was, yeah. I mean, I guess we're kind of jumping ahead in the trivia, but the the Yars Return was a homebrew turned officially licensed sequel on some of the uh, earlier. No, I think it's on pretty much all the Atari flashbacks that have been released. But I think, oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, one, I think the I first that. first release of it, I think it's supposed to be like really buggy, but I guess it's been been fine tuned since. So the Yars Revenge franchise. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow us on the Twitter at It's So Bad Pod. Email us, It's So Bad Pod at gmail.com with all of your bad takes. We're excited to read them when you email them to us. We are adding uh, Yars Revenge to our endless list of games this week, which currently goes from Super Mario 64 at number one, all the way down to Home Alone at number 13 for the Sega Genesis. Um, number 113. This is our 114th entry on the endless list. The list is judged by a lot of really subjective things and some objective things. You've got graphics, you've got gameplay, you've got how well it holds up, its legacy, etc. All those things we take into account. Sound, maybe <laughs> colors. Well, this game does have sound. It, it, it does have sound and colors. Yes, it does. No music, though. No. Um, but yes. What is this game, Chris? What is Yar's Revenge? Well, it's an Atari 2600 classic that I used to play at my grandmother's house that I had no clue what to do until I replayed it for this pod and actually read the manual and uh, actually found it to be quite an addictive um, high-score chasing uh, space game where you play as a f- uh, fly called a Yar. And, you know, we we can kind of pass in the backstory for right now because there's a lot of lore and you pilot that yar against a shielded um enemy called a coat tile and uh you have to shoot and chip away at that shield avoid it's a uh, missile it's a heat seeking missile or homer missile as well as the dreaded swirl as we talk about the lore there's a lot of a lot of fancy names for stuff. And then there's the swirl. The swirl. <laughs> which is uh, essentially the Kotal's ultimate attack. And then you have to, through a couple of different mechanisms, 
have to aim your ultimate Zorlon cannon uh, to fire at uh, said Kotile from one end of the screen to the other. It's essentially uh, the Atari version of the Death Star trench run from A New Hope played yeah. with with flies. <laughs> so that's what that that's what I was thinking about, <laughs> yeah. which is interesting. So that's, um, that's the simple yeah. overview. <laughs> I do like how they use all these like really like what I think everybody would consider canonically geeky terms <laughs> to describe stuff. Like the planet is Razak four that got destroyed and you have to use your Zorlon cannon <laughs> to destroy Quotile and you are Yar. Well, so I do, I do very, appreciate like, that uh, Yar and uh, Razak is just a uh, dig at the uh, Atari chief at the time. It's uh did you know yeah, that? Yeah, so they yeah. named they named yeah, they named uh Yar after Ray Kassar, who was the CEO of Atari. Yar for the people who don't know, is Ray spelled backwards because they're they had to that was a super clever way to hide something in there. Listen, <laughs> uh you know, harkening back to like our Castle Ave, so it took you forever to put Alucard and Dracula together, so you know. That was that was not me. You've t- <laughs> said this about me a couple times. That is fraudulent. I knew Alucard was Dracula. All right. So all right. that was somebody else. That was not me. But yeah, this game began development as this is wild. Like their early video game industry is fucking insane. Yeah. So like, if you haven't read anything about like the Atari scene in California in the early '80s, it sounds like they were just doing a lot of banging. They were doing a lot of drugs, and they were just pumping out video games, like really shit games, too, <laughs> a lot of the times. Um, this game is not a shit game. This game's actually pretty good. But, like, it's crazy how much of the wild, wild west it was back there. And this game began development as a port of Star Castle, mm. which has a very similar mechanic where there's a shield ring around a center object that you need to shoot into and then destroy the middle of it. Yeah. And they just copied that and made their own game out of it. Yeah. <laughs> they they repurposed it to look a little bit different on the Atari 2600. And they added kind of like the neutral zone area where um, you're safe from the missile. But the rest of it is just, uh, you know, that game. So, yeah, it's <laughs> Star like, Castle. It's like so wild, too. It's like these games back then were just like essentially like one, two, three people like working on a game. I think this game's only, it's only um Warshaw, isn't it just him that worked on it? And he like yeah. wasn't even like a, yeah. a programmer by trade. He was like an economist by trade. And now he's a psychotherapist. <laughs> so like, yep, it's wild. <laughs> I don't know. Do we we talked about? Did we say that this game was a twenty six hundred exclusive? I no, not yet. Just so everybody out there knows. Yeah. This came out of the same time period. Um, nineteen eighty two is when kind of like the I think we talked about this was the golden age pretty much of like arcade games in the early eighties. You had Miss Pac Man come out, Donkey Kong Jr., Dig Dug, Pole Position, Qbert, Burger Time, Joust, Robotron, twenty eighty-four, Donkey Kong Jr. And then for like the twenty six hundred, you had Pitfall come out, Haunted House came out, River Raid was came out, uh, Mega Mania, Chopper Command, which were like big Activision releases at the time, the first third party developer ever. Um, so you had like a lot of those games come out and then they had also Yar's Revenge, which kind of is known critically, I would say as one of the best 2600 games. Yeah. And, uh, most successful, um, non third party, um, Atari 2600 game as well. I would also say, you know, it's weird is that I was looking up contemporaneous reviews of this game and 
people were not didn't think it was that great at the time it, I guess it must have just held up better than most Atari games. Like they were like, this yeah. game is not very innovative, and this game, you know, whatever. Yeah, because it's basically yeah, it doesn't do anything. Like I don't think it does anything too drastically groundbreaking or new from a gameplay standpoint. I know there's some like technical stuff behind it that's like a little bit new and kind of game and kind of uh, I shouldn't say groundbreaking, but just innovative. But um. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it kind of fits that mold of, like, a lot of, like, those, like, breakout-style games or, like, you know, like, Space Invaders and stuff like that that are kind of out at the time. So it's, like, it's not you know too different about than that. But. Pretty, pretty funny that you say that because I was reading a Polygon article and they described the game as Space Invaders meets Breakout meets Asteroids. You know what? I, I read that article, too. That's probably why that comparison stuck in my head. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, like, That's like, funny. but it's perfect. It's like the perfect way to describe it because it's essentially, yeah, like a Breakout mixed with Space Invaders, kind of. You know what's pretty cool, and I didn't know this until I played the game, um, was the... So a couple things you can you can eat the shield, which yeah. I didn't realize you can like nibble at it. Um, the other thing that I thought was cool was after the first level when you have the shield in front of the the enemy base, it like starts to rotate like a cylinder. That was yeah. super cool looking. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. why isn't that in any other uh, Atari games? <laughs> um, so. You get you get more points when you nibble at the shield too. You get an extra hundred points. Ah. I couldn't figure out how to activate the Zorlon cannon for a while, and then I just I, f- I read the instruction manual. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you like have I to said, you have to nibble the shields, yeah, or, or touch to or t- touch the t- t- yeah. Like I said, this, when I was like a little kid, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house, and they had a twenty six hundred, and like this game had cool artwork, so I would try to play it. And as like a little kid, not having an instruction manual, I had zero clue what what the hell I was supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you you get attacked, you mentioned, by the missile that's constantly chasing Yar around the screen. Once you get, like, a couple levels in, that missile goes really fast, so it gets kind of hard. Um, But there's a neutral zone in the middle of the screen that's kind of, like, just a mess of colors that if you sit in, um, the missile can't kill you, but the swirl, which is the, the enemy base shoots out a swirl, can kill you. Um, and again, as you mentioned, really dumbly, you have the Zorlon cannon, the Yar, the Kotile, but the swirl is what they call it, the, the projectile that looks like a swirl. Yeah. And, you know, I like, one thing I liked about uh, playing this game, and I kind of got addicted to it, playing it for this pod, is like, I like all like, the lore behind it, too. Like, as I kind of mentioned earlier, like, there was like a comic that kind of comes and explains, so the Yars are like, you know mutated survivors of this like failed earth expedition that landed in like ra- a radioactive planet and they became the yars and and i like how you, many... you you missed you missed a crucial point they're just common health yeah, house, the house flies yeah from an, a space mission they got irradiated from so for some reason yeah they stowed they away into... they stowed away like in the food supply of like some yeah. doomed uh earth ship but i do like how they even explain like why you have to go through like that ridiculous process of like touching the the cotile and uh or eating the cells and it's because like the cannon isn't complete and uh, uh the, only, the only way you can lock on to the enemy is like it has to lock onto your flight path so like that's why you have to launch this like this cannon at yourself and then get out of the way that's like what i liked about this game is that like especially when the missile gets faster like it's very like frantic and like it feels very like 
exciting as it speeds up that it's like you're kind of dodging this missile you have to dodge your own super weapon and you have to dodge this random ass swirl that takes on new characteristics as your score gets higher which i thought was a cool concept that was you know it doesn't go by level it goes by points you recruit yeah and i also liked um the fact that kind of weirdly enough i think at this time period it's kind of hard to find an example of a game where you have to shoot something and that sh- something that you shoot can kill you. This yeah, was yeah. an interesting concept. So yeah, you, I learned, the Zorlar cannon, uh, if you get in the way of it, you could yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, everything basically can kill you in this game, which which is and funny. and also if if you're too close to the right side where the enemy base is and you fire the Zorlon cannon because you're clipping through the sky- side of the screen, you die from the Zorlon cannon. Did you know that? Oh, I never, I never had that problem. I had that problem happen a couple times because really? I was I, just really, I was, I was really up in the Kotal's face a lot of the time. Oh, that's weird. I never had that. Had never had that problem. Did you get to the point in the game where so like, no, like so? I guess I should give context to this question. Like so, normally, you know, the Kotal kind of rotates through a color pattern and then it turns to a swirl and it kind of fires when it kind of like lines up with you. Um, and if you hit the swirl with the Zorlon canon god i feel like a fucking nerd every time i say zorlon <laughs> it's like if you hit it while it's in the air you get like eight thousand points but you also get an extra life and i think i yeah, only it's... succeeded in hitting it twice i think out of the air because it's so fucking hard you also like there's an easter egg in this game too i guess if you hit it out of the air it's supposed to say something like it's, it's you uh, wash or something? Our, no it's washer as like initials and uh, you, oh. have to, you have to like line yourself up, like because you see it every time you kill the Kotile, regardless of whether it's moving across screen or not. Like there's a little like black line, and you got to get oh. like into the right spot in that black line that triggers it. But like I yeah. was like I was never able to fucking do that because like part one is hitting the Kotile out of the air. That was not that is uh, ridiculously hard. But um, but anyway, so like I got to a point where my score got high enough where the swirl like it'll shoot out like at you and then like it like will like kind of stop right above where you are it'll like go up or down to try to hit you a second Ooh. time it's very <laughs> it's very fucking hard so like you can't dodge it anymore just by going up and down you're gonna start moving left and right to dodge it or else it'll like yeah, it, take a second shot at you they they also do um i thought it was clever way he designed it is so the swirl initially in the first couple levels it like charges up and sits there before it fires. So it like telegraphs that it's coming. And then that, that time period of it just sitting there slowly goes away. So it'll sit there for like a second or two initially. And then over, as you accumulate points, that time period goes down until it just goes away. Yeah. Um, So that was a cool little interesting way for them to build in progression um, in the difficulty. Um, What was the uh, highest score you achieved in this game? I think it was like 60,000 at the end of it. Mm. Mm. Right before we potted, you already know this because I, I sent it to you. I, I got a nifty score of 163,016 points. That that felt like What's that's the, a, uh... <laughs> the world record's like 14 million or something. It's crazy. Did, did you look it up? I uh, looked up like a video of uh, people doing like world record runs and it's like, the thing that was like wild to me to like the people that have like the world records, they were playing for like eight plus hours at a time to like get those scores. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that's a. 
I think like to get 163,000 took like 20 minutes and I felt like it was like an endurance uh, race towards the end because of how, how fast everything is flying at you. So, okay. The one that I see for Yar's Revenge, wait, wait, wait. Let's see if we can find it, the regular one. So game two, difficulty B. Um, is the one that pops up first thing. There's a lot. There's a there's there's records for everything, but game two, uh, difficulty B is the first thing that pops up, and the record holder is 15 million. Oh my god! And then for game two, difficulty A, it's uh, eight million. So I guess I, it's funny because all must... these all these records are hold, held by the same people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I did whatever the first game, whatever the first game two is that that pops up in the game selection. So I don't know if that's A or that's right. B, but uh, I think it's one of them. It's like the the Kota or the Zorlon cannon like bounces around, and the other one it doesn't. Oh, so interesting. And then there's ultimate yards, which I don't know. Did you try ultimate yards at all? Because that was absurd. <laughs> Now, what's Ultimate Yars? So it's like the it's game six and game seven. It, uh, so for that one, so we said before to fire the Zorlan cannon, you have to yeah, either eat some cells or touch the Kotile. In this one, you have to, now it adds in another factor, you have to, I think it calls them like Trons or something like that. Like in the, uh, and you have to accumulate Trons, which again, there's like no high score, no lives like displayed during the game. So it's all kind of calculated like off screen and you accumulate Trons, which probably isn't even the right term, but uh, by either eating cells or touching the Kotile and touching the Kotile gets you two Trons, eating a cell gets you a Tron and you have to accumulate five of those before you can fire the Zorlon cannon. But to fire it, you have to go to the left side of the screen, touch the left side of the screen first, and then go back and fire it on the right side of the screen. And so for people don't, who don't know Atari, uh, the 2600, so you can select on the actual console, you can select different versions of the game and different difficulties. Um, there's like an A and B switch for difficulty. And then there's like, the game can have like various different variations that you can cycle through uh, via the console. But yeah, um, you were saying that like the cano- canonical game is game two. Or I, I think I think like the definitive definitive way of the play is game two. I guess game one is like I think it's like labeled the children's version. Oh, so. fun! <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely playing game two after you told me about that. Yes. Um, I didn't. I didn't really fool around with any of the other game modes. I should have. Though. I did. I didn't really either. I just played that one, and then I I tried Ultimate Yards right before we recorded, and I was like, okay, that's uh, that's a little that's a little too ridiculous. So, so we mentioned that this game got a game Game Boy Color version that was released, which had updated graphics and gameplay made by Telegames, Ugh, bad developer. Um, <laughs> But they there was like scrolling in that one, so it wasn't like mm-hmm. a single screen game. Uh, Yars Revenge is a single screen game. Most Atari Twenty Six Hundred games are. Um, they made Yars Revenge for the Xbox Live. You mentioned that they, which was an, a refresh of it. Uh, you mentioned that they made Yars Revenge two for the at games like flashback things. And then in twenty eleven, um, they made Yars Revenge First War, which was the social media take on <laughs> Yars Revenge for Facebook. <laughs> at the oh. height of the farm fill craze <laughs> i'm sure it did great i'm sure yes. it was lots of lots of was that was that uh produced and licensed by atari or just licensed by atari 
Uh, probably just license. It's 2011. Yes. Um, I was going to so. say, Atari was just kind of throwing that every license they had out for about like $10 a right. pop, it seemed like back then. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there's a compilation too on the GBA that's like Pong, Yara's Revenge, and, and maybe Breakout, something else mm. that uh, I'm sure sold really well. Because <laughs> <laughs> people in 2001, 2002 really wanted to play Yars Revenge, Pong, and Breakout on yeah, the GBA. Yeah, but you know, now I think these things are, I think these things are pretty popular. I think they made like a killing off those flashback consoles. Oh yeah, the, well yeah, those things did pretty well, so you're right. Uh, but yeah, Howard Scott Warshaw would go on to develop notoriously the E.T. the Extraterrestrial, the video game. So he's got that happening for him. <laughs> and then I think he like was blamed for the video game crash, which seems pretty dumb. Um, but yeah, he he made a lot of really he made some good. Per- I don't know about a lot, but he made some pretty good games. Um, Yars Revenge, Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T. is misunderstood. So that's all I have to say about that. Well, you know, it didn't, you uh, know, he's, he's a, he's a, like I said, uh, we both kind of referenced the same Polygon article and like, you know, that talked about how he's a psychotherapist in uh, Silicon Valley, which means he must hear some, some really dark fucked up shit all the time. But, you know, so I think ultimately it sounds like he landed on his feet. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he seems okay. Um, so we should get to our ranking. Um, as we mentioned, number one is Super Mario 64. Number 113 is Home Alone. Um, we have one other Atari 2600 exclusive, which is Pitfall at number 47. This game does not go as high as Pitfall. Nope. I was, uh, you know, I guess to kind of... I was looking right off the bat in between the Rampage, Crazy Taxi, Robotron 2084 area saying that it's game, than, the game to me better than what uh rampage what do, you, what do you think is better than uh better than rampage is where i was i was gonna i was gonna kind of definitely go. definitely not as good as robotron 2084 yeah like, not nearly as good as yeah. Robotron. yeah no and al- also n- not 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 nearly as good as crazy taxi yeah yeah yeah, I was kind of looking at the similar type games that I think uh, when I kind of think of like, uh, you know, this is a good range for like these older high score chasing games. And, um, you know, I got like really uh, addicted to this one. I think it's pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and, you know, I was going to say, like, even though it's like literally the same two levels kind of repeating over and over again, just an increasing difficulty for the most part. Uh you know, that's pretty much all that Rampage is as well. This is a much more fun, complete experience than Rampage. It gets, like, really exciting when it gets difficult, whereas Rampage yep. always just kind of stays the same. <laughs> the one thing I thought was really cool about this game, so the way the stuff they do with the swirl and how it shoots out more aggressively, but also the, the that combined with the missile um, and how the missile constantly chases you and stalks you throughout the game, I thought that made some, for some really interesting gameplay. Yeah, it's, Those uh, two it's things. exciting. It's, just, it's very yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah. And you then just, you, but you just you dodge like and the, left and right, and that's fun. It's exciting. Yeah, and, and you have the neutral zone you can go and hide in mm-hmm. um, if you want to hide. And yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, number sixty nine would be a good fit for it. <clears throat> what do you think? Sixty nice. nine. Nice. <laughs> 
Uh, so let's let's put it at sixty nine. Let's let's. Well, that was easy. Yeah. So yeah, sixty nine. That's that's good. I mean, just to put it out there. So this. So for me. And this video game, I'm just opening up on our spreadsheet right now. Um, this whole list that we're creating here, it started off, if people don't know, back in, what was it? What year did we start? 2018, I think, right? Yeah. So is that yeah. when the first po- podcast was? It looks like it. But yeah, yeah, so we started in May of, May of 2018. I used to have a radio show on... WMBR here in Boston, which was <coughs> MIT's radio station, and I was expecting a child, so I stopped um, going into the radio station and doing that because I it just required a lot of time. You had to volunteer time there and do a lot of work um, in the back end um, around having a radio show, so I stopped doing it, and I just I still wanted to do something semi-creative. Uh, I don't know how creative this is, but we're we're making something creative. So we started this podcast and we iterated on it initially and we came to this concept of the endless list, which I actually had when I was at the radio station, I was like, you know, it'd be cool to do a podcast about music. And then I was like, I'd like to rank albums. And then I thought about it for a second. I was like, it's really hard. Like ranking video games is hard, but ranking music would just be like so subjective sure. to yeah. whoever's yeah. taking part. Like way, like way more than video games. Cause video games, there's like some like really busted video games. <laughs> um, and then there's also like a, there, there's, there's like a whole vocabulary around music that I just didn't have. So I was like, I'm not going to do this. Um, so we started doing this podcast and one of the big reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is because I wanted to, I like had written out a list of all of the best games of all time. And I was like, I want to play all these games. And this gives me a reason to do that and pushes me actually, because before we did this podcast, we had this like video game book club, which was not Chris, you weren't in it, but other people who were on this podcast were in it, like Steve Mm -hmm. and Encore and Matt and other people. And we used to play a video game a month and exposed me to a lot of different types of video games I wouldn't normally play. And I wanted to continue doing that. And I wanted to even broaden it more. And I wanted to hit on the best games ever. So this is why this list exists because we're playing through all of the video games. And it's also, it's been during the pandemic, a lifesaver because we have been communicating with each other and talking to each other and just have a whole new friendship circle that we've opened up over the course yeah. of the past year or so. So it's been a, it's been a blast, but yeah, yeah we've sure. added now, now we've added our 114th game to our endless list. It is Yar's Revenge at number 69. And yes. uh, Chris, I hope you're having fun on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'll echo like a lot of things you said. Like, I I think I have actually been on more episodes than uh, any of the other rotating members of the Bad Crew. And, um, you know, while we started with some people that I was like, that I, you, know, you and I both kind of grew up with and were friends with, like, you know, it's uh, it's been a great opportunity to kind of meet guys like Steve and other Matt Z and Encore and stuff like that and like kind of grow friendships with them and and play all these games that uh, some I really like and you know that I never I would have normally gone and played and also play some games that I uh, really um, fucking hate 
Like, <laughs> so. <laughs> and then I get to come on here and vent about how much I fucking hate them. So and now we're doing video game movies. So yeah. that's, uh, boy. So next week, and that's a great way to lead into it. Next week, we are doing another video game movie. And I checked the uh, the statistics behind our views or listens, I should say. Yeah. And uh, we definitely uh, pop the ratings when we do movies. Oh, seems. really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so next week, we are watching the movie Wing Commander starring Freddie Prince Jr. for the podcast. Whoa. So stay tuned for that real exciting and i want to thank you chris for coming on this week hey anytime within reason cool we'll be back next week